What's going on, guys? Welcome to the final episode of Glenn Think Stuff for the year of 2020. What a haul has been, man. I'm glad that you're here. Thanks for stopping by. I got a pretty good show for you today. I'm, it's good to be back in the Glenn Think Stuff studio. Uh, I was kind of off my game last podcast. Uh, and by back in the studio, I mean not recording on my phone. Just, just, just being able to stop and have some time carved out and sit and just talk to you guys. So it feels good to be back. But uh, before we get into it, man, let me tell you something. If you don't subscribe to Glenn Thinks the Podcast, but you listen regularly, like, what are you doing with your life, man? You spend all this time downloading, having to go look in your library like and, and and look for my podcast and when it drops and then manually download it like what are you even doing man why are you you're why are you driving a manual when there's an automatic right so you should just go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you're not subscribed this is your first time listening you should subscribe to to me and and leave me a review because I don't get nothing from you I don't ask nothing from you so leave me a review. Tell me what you think. It ain't got to be nice. You can tell. It doesn't have to be nice. You can tell me a truth. <laughs> Don't patronize me. But uh, but if you do enjoy this podcast, uh, you can actually support me by doing that and just clicking the subscribe and then leaving me. You ain't even got to write no words. You can just like click on Apple Podcasts, click on the stars. All you gotta do, buddy. Give me as many stars or as little stars as you want to. But uh. But anyway, I got a good show for you guys. I hope that you had a good holiday, a good safe holiday. And uh, I got some funny stuff to talk about. So let's get into it. So I'm sorry, I'm beyond your apologies. 
I have told you, and now I want it. And if you don't do it, you're out. We are not shutting this movie down. Is it understood? If I see it again, you're going. And so are you. So you're going to cost him his job. And I see it on the set, you're going. And you're going. That's it. Am I clear? Do you understand what I want? Do you understand the responsibility that you have? Because I will deal with your reason. And if you can't be reasonable, and I can't deal with your logic, you're fired. That's it. That is it. I trust you guys to be here. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Glen Tank Stuff Podcast. I figured today today I would just jump right into it. Today I would just jump right into it with the Tom Cruise freak out clip. I mean, what's that about? What's that about, Mr. Christian Scientologist? Like, dude, this guy freaked out. I guess he was on the the movie set of like Mission Impossible 12 or whatever they're on now. And somebody broke some kind of protocol and he flipped out and when i heard that i was like man i gotta play that on the podcast because like it's interesting if you listen to that it's like he starts yelling and when he's yelling he'll get louder in the middle of the sentence and it's just weird the words that he puts focus on like he'll start yelling i'll be like and then his voice will go back it's like mid-sentence it peaks and then he starts to run out of breath. And he's like, man. It's like he's so mad. He doesn't know how to. Because you know when you're talking. Or or you know when you're writing. You put an exclamation point. And when you're reading that. You know kind of how to say the sentence. Or like when you're acting. Like when he's acting in a movie. And he's yelling. It's like he's not. Dude they would have yelled cut. So many times in that. Because it's like he starts he starts yelling and then he's just so mad that that he's like ah! like in the middle of a sentence and then he runs out of breath and his voice has to go back down and it's like dude calm down bro <laughs> it'll be it'll be all right man but like he he man he just freaked out he freaked out man and like I don't know when I heard that I was like. I can understand why. He's, how many times has he been divorced? Three times? Has Tom Cruise been divorced three times? Now I can understand why. If you got a temper like that, like, I understand. I understand everybody gets stressed out. I understand that 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 everybody loses it sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, it might be once in a while. Like, I remember the last time that I lost my temper. Like, lost my temper, lost my temper. And... I mean, it doesn't happen very much. It was like last year with somebody that I was dealing with, like they were just being unreasonable and I just lost my temper. And I can't, the time before that, like I honestly can't remember. Like I honestly can't remember being that angry, right? But I mean, I think that when I was yelling, it was like, it was like uh, I would run out of breath at the end of what I was saying. I was so mad. Like, I went strong the whole time, you know? And, I mean, everybody, I mean, that's when you typically run out of breath. But I wasn't, I wasn't, <laughs> yeah, Glenn, you don't run out of breath at the beginning of what you're yelling. Like, yeah, but, I mean, like, 
he was like, he just didn't gauge it well. He didn't like, Tom Cruise didn't gauge his yell very good. Like he didn't think, he didn't like, he was just so crazy. And it was like, man, is this like, people just weren't socially distancing, I think, because this was recorded in somebody's pocket on the set. I think that they were just breaking a protocol and he was like freaking out because in his little world, he's probably not used to seeing that. I mean, you, he could be like legitimately worried about, you know, people's jobs and everything, but I don't think that the future of the industry is relying on Tom Cruise. I really don't believe that. And I, I mean, I really don't believe that that's what I sleep with every night. Like, come on, bro. Really? That's what you sleep with every night, man? I'm pretty sure that's not what you're sleeping with every night. But if you want to say that to some poor staff that's not making that much money. I mean, I kind of get it. But at the same time, I kind of don't. Like, because if you talk to people like that, there ain't no kind of way to talk to people. It was like, man, <laughs> I believe you've been divorced. Like, I would hate, like, a marital spat. Could you imagine having to listen to that? I mean, I couldn't imagine being married to Tom Cruise for other reasons, but, but if you had a temper like that, that is just crazy. So that's why I wanted, I wanted to open the first post-Christmas podcast with the Tom Cruise freakout, man. And that's like, I figured, what a better way. I mean, that's how everybody's kind of feeling right now. Because after Christmas, like, it's kind of depressing. It just is kind of depressing, man. And, um, I mean, my Christmas was all right. I'm a divorced parent, so, um, I'm a divorced parent, so my Christmas every year just lasts about half a day. That's what it is. I mean, shout out to all the, all the divorced parents who, who get, I have a Christmas now, but, uh, that's kind of, this year was like, this year was the first half of the day, and, uh, so I was up really early and I was watching a Christmas story. I just turned on a Christmas story on TV and I was watching it and I've watched it several times during the holidays, but it, I just noticed this time around, I was like, you know, Ralphie's dad really looks familiar. I've seen him somewhere before the old man. And so I Google the actor and that's Billy Madison's dad. Off the Adam Sandler movie, Billy Madison. If you don't know that, you, then you just learn something. If you know that and you're like, Glenn, yeah, I've no, I realized that when Billy Madison came out. Like, I never put two and two together. And I never, like, I just never, I thought that that was pretty cool. He plays a good old man. But, uh, but he had a little bit more patience with Billy than he did with Ralphie. <laughs> um, but anyway... So that's interesting. And something else that's in interesting is Scott Farkas, the bully off of the bully off of a Christmas story actually follows me on Twitter. I don't know I don't know how that happened, but that yeah, little tidbit, little little fun little tidbit for you. But there was another there was another thing around Christmas because it was like people get upset. There are the people on social media and news, there's news outlets that do share good news. It's not like it's not something that's very common nowadays because people just like bad news. But uh, but there was a story that went viral about this kid 
in a mall and he was going to see the Santa in the mall, the, the socially distant Santa in the mall. And, uh, he was telling Santa what's, you know, Santa's like, what do you want for Christmas, little boy? And the little boy told him a Nerf gun. And uh, I have that clip for you because it's so, it's so great what happened. So, so here's, the, here's that depressing clip. I can't even watch that anymore. Like, what happened was the kid asked the Santa Claus for a Nerf gun. And even the mom, you could hear the mom say, a Nerf gun. And Santa was like, disagreed with the mom. And it's like, you piece of garbage, man. Even the mom, like, was like, a Nerf gun. It's a Nerf gun. And the Santa was like, oh, I can't even get you a gun. I can't get you a gun. Maybe your dad can get you a gun, but I can't. And it's like, dude, where do you get up? It's at that moment where I would just be like, you know what, son? Because he started crying. The kid started crying. Because he's like, you want some toy trucks, some Legos? And the kid, you know, yeah, you could see he was trying to hold it together. You know what I mean? But, like, I would have been like, it's okay, buddy. If that was my kid, I'd be like, it's okay, buddy. That ain't even the real Santa Claus. <laughs> you know and like i would say it just makes you it just makes you like where do people get off man where does somebody like that get off if you're if you if you are a mall santa you know you're a mall santa don't you want to like see kids happy like why do you got it's a nerf gun it's a nerf gun man that's what what is the problem with the Nerf gun, especially if the mom's like, oh, a Nerf gun. Like, you can see that she approves of it. Like, where do you get off telling some kid that he can't have it, right? And that's the story that I saw. That's the story that was shared all over the place. The story that wasn't shared all over the place is the mall actually sent a Santa, not that Santa. That Santa don't even have a good Santa voice. I can't get it for you. Like, they sent an actual... I think it was probably the real Santa. The mall lined up for the real Santa to go to that boy's house and, like, hand-deliver a big Nerf um, gun. You don't see that. Like, I didn't even find out about that until I was, like, trying to find this clip to talk about today. They actually sent, like, Santa Claus to that boy's house to deliver a real Nerf gun. So, see, Santa Claus... Actually, like, uh, you know, he, he, he's cool with guns. What's wrong with guns? I don't see no problem with toy guns. Not just Nerf guns, but toy guns. I grew up playing with toy guns. I'm not, I mean, I'm not some crazy violent person. I don't get that. Like, that is like a classic toy, man. But anyway, 
Like, I just was like, man, what is this world coming to? Especially in 2021 when so much is going on. Why? I mean, why, why, why be a piece of garbage like that to kids? Like, why a kid, like, kids have emotionally had, like, mentally and emotionally had harder years than any of us did coming up? Like, unless, like, you were, like, your parents abused you, I guess. But, I mean, overall, overall, it's like the kids have had it rough this year. So why you want to be like that, bro? Well, why you want to talk about it, Glenn? Well, we can talk about something else. I just thought that I would start. See, if I start off like with Tom Cruise freaking out and some kid getting dumped on by Santa, there's nowhere to go but up, right? And I mean, it is after the holidays. It's after Christmas, man. So like, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty... It's kind of depressing, man, when Christmas is over, because I love Christmas so much, but it's not so much the day as is the season. Like, I like the season. I like the, I like the goodwill, the feeling of goodwill. I like the, the giving spirit that, that people are in. You know, I like, I like to see my kids get what they want for Christmas and be happy and, you know, like kind of the wonder you know, and the and the imagination that goes along with Christmas that just kind of like is rekindled for a few months uh, out of the year. It's just something. That's why I start Christmas music and everything early. Like it do, totally doesn't bother me. Like I like it because it it, it kind of when you grow up, man. When you grow up, like an innocence kind of dies in you, and you and you. You remember how everything used to take so long, you know, and then the older that you get, like growing up, it was like, I want to be old enough to do this. And then I want to be old enough to do that. And then I want to be old, you know, and, and it feels like forever. But then the older you get, the more you get in like a routine and like your days aren't really different. You know what I mean? When when I was little, I would play a lot. I would do all. I would be playing, and every day was kind of different. You know, you did have some kind of structure. You had structure, but every day was so different, and it seemed like everything took so long. And then you get old, and like you get in a routine and a rut, and time just starts flying by. And it seems like something about Christmas is just magical, and it kind of reignites or rekindles that that uh like a small amount of that feeling in you it's just a really nice thing man i don't know how to explain it any better than that that's all i got (laughs) but anyway so so but i can't complain i did have i did have a pretty good christmas right and i was thinking about like what are the most like unwanted christmas gifts because i was like customer service is probably really busy after Christmas um, because everybody's returning the stuff that they don't want, you know? And I was like, I'm going to look up the top 10, like, uh, worst gifts, the top 10 worst gifts. And, I mean, there's so many. If you look this up on the interweb, like, there's so much, there's so many different, like, uh, lists but I just picked a random list and I and I thought that I would read it off and give my take on it. Like, and these are the worst gifts, the top 10 worst gifts that you can give people, okay? And um, so here we go. Uh, the first one on this list is shoes. I don't even know. Where did I get this list, man? 
I don't even know where I got this list. But anyway, number one on the list of shoes. And, like, I can see that. I can see that being a terrible gift unless it's bedroom slippers. Like, bedroom slippers are all right, but a lot of people don't wear slippers. Like, I don't wear slippers. Some people wear slippers. I don't wear slippers. So, I agree with this because shoes are kind of like everybody has different tastes. You know what I mean? It's not like a generic shoe that everybody likes. So shoes being number one, I was like, all right, unless it's like a specific pair of shoes, I think that that would be a horrible gift. I think that I would return shoes if I got them for Christmas. Yeah. Um, Unless your kids gave them to you. Unless your kids gave you a pair of ugly shoes. You can't, you can't like uh, return gifts that your kids give you because they'll check up on you. You know, but my kids are smart enough not to give me shoes, so so there you go. Number two is kitchen appliances. Like, these are a lot, you see a lot of stuff at Christmas, like appliances on Black Friday, like griddles. I think griddles is like a popular, is that considered an appliance? Like, I thought about this. I don't know, man. Like, if you ask for a specific kitchen appliance, I don't think that's a bad gift. But if somebody's like, I got you this food processor or this blender. Like, if it's just like a random thing, that's kind of a weird gift anyway. Unless it's like a juice or like some specialty thing that's kind of cool, you know, that a lot of people don't have. Like, I don't know, like, I didn't think that that was that bad, bad of a gift, but I didn't know that that was, like, a common thing. Like, there's a lot of people that are, there's a lot of people that are, like, given appliances, I guess, that people don't want. So that's number two. Number three is video games. I guess people give random video games. Like, if you don't, I guess that's kind of a bad gift, too. If you don't know, like, it seems like a lot of people get video games from Santa Claus or from their parents. So I don't know that that's like a, I guess there's people just like buying random video. Maybe that's like aunts, like a great aunts or grandparents that don't really know what the grandkids want. And they're like, I got you this Super Mario game, you know? And it's like, I want the new Call of Duty, you know? So maybe something like that. Sweets. I can't believe that number four is sweets, man. Like, I like getting sweets. I would never, ever think about returning sweets or re-gifting sweets because I just like sweets. Maybe some people don't. Maybe some people don't like getting it. Because what? Chocolate? Chocolate or like some fancy cookies or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. It says that a study found they're not always well-received. I don't see like what I've given. I've gave a lot of candy. So I'm like, man, what's up with that? I think it's good. But that's number four. Number five is candles. I could see that like getting a candle that's stinky that you don't like. And you know, everybody ain't candle people, man. Everybody ain't candle people. I light a candle. I start sneezing all over the place. It's got to be a mild candle, you know, and a lot of candles aren't mild. So, I've gave some candles before, too. I'm not going to lie. Gemware is number six. I've never given gemware, but that is kind of a weird thing, you know? Like, who gives gemware? That's kind of weird. But you can return that stuff. Number seven is DVDs. We're living in the age of streaming, people. If you're still giving DVDs, unless it's like a set, unless you're giving me, like, the DVD set of The Sopranos 
or something like that, or like a HBO or Showtime whole set. Don't even worry about no DVDs. Who has the? I don't even have a DVD player hooked up to my TV. The future streaming, bruh. All right, toddler clothing is number eight. I do believe that. I do believe that because like people will. If you have a kid, if you have like a little kid or a baby kid, people will give you like people will just give you stuff like ugly stuff. Like stuff you don't need or want. Like, and so, but I mean, that's easily, you can exchange that stuff easy. So that ain't like really a big deal. But Tyler clothes, there is a lot of Tyler clothing that's really cheap. So it's like, why are you trying to get off cheap? Why are you trying to rip my kid off, man? But anyway, that's not, I mean, there's expensive Tyler clothes too. But anyway, number nine is glassware. Um... Yeah, like giving somebody, I I mean, unless they want like a special, I don't know. I like getting like coffee mugs and stuff like that. I like different. My kids gave me a coffee mug this year and I said, meh, that's like perfect for me. And it holds two cups of coffee. It's huge. And it's just this meh. And that's kind of like, that's totally fitting for me. Well, at least my kids think that it is. <laughs> because when you're a parent, you're not, you might seem cool, yeah, and then you have kids and you're not, you're the parent. Like, I still, that blows my mind, man, that sometimes, like, I'll think about, I'm a parent. Like, somebody, I, somebody looks at me as their dad, as their parent. I'm a dad. Like, I'm an embarrassing dad. I might be a younger dad than, like, some of my kids' friends' dads. But I'm still a dad and I'm still embarrassing because I'm a dad. I'm not cool to them. But, you know, I'm pretty fly in my mind. But uh, but anyway, like a coffee mug, I like I like getting uh, like a coffee. What's it called? A tumbler, like a nice tumbler, like which I've never got. I did get my dad gave me a Johnny Cash tumbler, which that's pretty cool. He gave that to me one year. You know, something like a Yeti tumbler, something like that. I think that's a good gift. I would like that, right? And like some, a lot of times when I buy gifts, I try to put myself like, would I like this? Is this something that they'll use? You know, is this something that because like I'm not trying to give a bad gift, you know? So. Or like if if you have somebody in your life that drinks whiskey, you know, and you get them like a glass, like a set, a nice set of glass. Like I don't have no whiskey drinkers, you know, in my family. But I mean, that's a, I would think that that would be a nice gift, you know, like the little fancy bottle, you know, like on Mad Men, you know, the little fancy liquor thing that they pour out of. Like a uh, uh, the bottle, it's like in you put the you they had the liquor in the bottle, the glass bottle with the glass cork top that goes in it, you know, and then the set of glass. That seems like a nice gift to me, but yeah, I'm just saying. And then number ten on the list is uh makeup, which I would never try. Well, I take that back. I would, I will buy makeup for my kid. But I, I like I you don't give that to a grown up, like you just don't. That's a horrible gift to get. I just don't think that that's a good gift, especially for a man to buy makeup. Like man, I don't know nothing about makeup, so uh, so I'm not gonna give it. Yeah, I'm not gonna give something I don't know a lot about. But I mean, out of this whole list, you know, some kitchen appliances are cool. Um, some sweets are cool. And 
some glassware is cool. So I guess what is that? Three things out of the top ten worst things, you know. Which I have, like I have a, I have returned gifts before, you know. But I mean, I didn't return anything really this year, at all. I didn't get a whole lot, but I was a naughty, naughty boy this year. But uh, yeah. So that's the. That's the top ten. That's the that's the one one of the first links that I collect. So uh, so that's some of the stuff. Maybe you agree with it, man. I don't even know. Um, one of the traditions I think I talked about it last year was uh one of the traditions that we started back is um we started watching this movie every year about three years ago called Christmas Every Day and it's a movie that we saw at my grandma's back in the 90s man this movie is so 90s and and it was like made for ABC I think and uh aren't they the ones that do like the 25 days of Christmas movies on their thing they probably don't even show this anymore and I looked it up and it's never I mean it was made for TV it's never um, been released a DVD, but, um, but it's like our tradition because I found it on YouTube and I think it's on another app that you can download and watch it on, but it's never, it was never released on DVD. So I found it on YouTube a few years ago and I watched it and it just took me down memory lane. And what it's about is about this kid and he was about my age or he seemed like he was about my age when the when I first saw the movie when the movie came out and we're at my grandma's at Christmas and he his his little sister he has a a crappy Christmas and his little sister comes in there and she's like say you wish it was Christmas every day and he's like fine I'll say it just go to sleep and he wakes up and it's like groundhog's day with Christmas. It's like Christmas every day for this kid. And the whole, it's such a low budget movie and the acting is like over the top and just (laughs) bad. But it's like one of those things, man, you know, those corny, those corny things that you have in your life that, that just make you feel good because it takes you back to a different time. Like, one of my kids got some little things of slime from Santa Claus in their stocking. And I smelled the slime because it was, like, flavored slime. Like, it smelled like different fruits. And I smelled it, and it 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 took me back to something in my childhood that I can't, I couldn't remember what it was. I even was, like, told my brother, smell this. This smells like something. What is it? Right. And it took me back to something, but I couldn't put my finger on what it was. Right. And that's what Christmas every day kind of does for me. It takes me back to the 90s, man. When I was a kid, uh, probably at my grandmother's at Christmas, probably sneaking outside to smoke cigarettes, you know, where nobody could see me, uh, probably doing some other stuff that was mischievous but it just took me back to a different time and so I like to watch it now and I think that I don't think that my kids really get it but I mean I it's it's like it's good man because he has to live Christmas over and over and over and again and he knows what's going to happen and so he goes through it 
with kind of like a, a snotty teenager attitude, you know, like for the first bit. And then like, and then he comes around and kind of realizes what's important. And it's one of those cheesy, cheesy movies, but it's just fun to watch, man. If you want to say it's called Christmas every day, but it kind of made me think about Christmas at my grandmommy's house. And I think I did an episode last year where I taught about Christmas at my grandmommy's house, but something else that I remember this year was every year, like in my, in my family, there were three pastors, right? In my, in my mom's side of the family, in my grandma's house, there were three clergymen, men of the cloth, like, uh, three guys that have went to school to be pastors. And so it's Christmas time, you know, my grandma's when we were little. So what they had to do is they had to put, we had a big, we had a big family. Uh, I had a lot of cousins, like there were 16 of us. And, uh, and so my three, like my dad and then two of my uncles that were pastors put together like they had to have a church service at my grandma's like on Christmas Day. And it was one of those things when I was little that I really dreaded, man. Like because you 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 know what's long more long winded than one pastor? Three of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's long. I mean, dude, everybody, they were, everybody was like, you know, we're there. We got to sing a hundred million Christmas carols. And then we got, to we got to, uh, have like a, a sermon, you know? And then, you know, people are, then you got to have the people reading the Bible. It was like, it was this long drawn out ordeal to me when I was that age. And, uh, and I was thinking about that over the holidays. I was kind of, you know, reflecting back at how Christmas used to be when I was a little kid because I'm getting so old now, man. I'm getting so old. And, uh, you know, because the first half of Christmas, you know, as a divorced parent, you're with the ki- your kids or the, and the, or the second half. And then the other half of Christmas, you're just reflecting back because you're all bummed out that it's over, right? But, uh, yeah, just seeing that movie, man, and smelling that slime, dude, it kind of took me back there. I was thinking about that church service and what a drag it was back then because I was really out of hard time sitting still when I was little and, you know, they'd go on and on and on. And uh, you just sit there pretending like you're focused, you know, like sitting on your hands, you know, because you're so ready to go and do stuff with your cousins and play, you know. And they're like, and then they begat the shepherds and the flocks. And then you sing the la 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 la. And, uh, and I was like thinking about how much I hated that. But I was thinking about it now, like I, I miss those times because everybody's like, there's people in that group that are passed away, you know, and, uh, like one of my cousins and, and, um, like my grandmother. And it just was like those memories back then. Why, when, when I was in the midst of those happening, like it sucks so bad. I was like, this sucks. This is terrible, you know, but, but, looking back, it was like, I was looking back at those memories and I was like, man, I wish that I could go back there. You know, I wish that I It was like a fond memory, you know? And it was kind of strange. Cause I was like, well, 
well, that is kind of strange because you're like, at the time it sucked, you know, but in hindsight, it was like really something that I kind of hold dear, you know, does that make any sense? And so I guess it's kind of strange that, that when you're going through life, something that sucks can turn into something that is like in the future is like a a fond memory. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that, I don't know. I think that that's, there's a lesson in there that I need to learn like struggles in your life or things that don't always go the way that you want them to go or like your kids stressing you out or, you know, being really, really busy and, and not being able to stop and being like, this sucks, I'm stressed out. You know, like someday I'm going to look back on this stuff, man. Like I'm going to look back when I'm, when I'm older and like say my kids stress me out, you know, with a million questions. Like I'm going to look back at that someday and be like, man, I wish that I could go back to that. You know, when I'm old and alone. You know, because I don't believe in love and I'm going to die alone. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. But, uh, the G Glenn, that's depressed. This is like depressing, man. But, uh, but that ain't that weird. That's so weird, man. That back then was like, this blows, you know, come on, wrap it up. Um, but now I'm like, man, that was like that with all the people together, with all the family together, you know, and, and it was worth it. (laughs) It was worth it to listen to all these people rambling and then having a singing contest, see who could sing the loudest. But, uh, that I just, that was just some Christmas, some Christmas memories. I'll tell you something else that I did. I went to McCaddenville, right? And every year I go to McCaddenville, which is Christmas town, USA. And it's nothing like extremely fancy. I went there actually, Let's see. I went there on November the 29th. So I went there right after Thanksgiving. I drove through to see if they had any lights on because McCannville is like this whole town that puts lights up, right? Like the whole town. And it's a little town because like people that aren't from here that travel, there are people that travel like Christmas lights enthusiasts. There's like hour waits to get into this town, right? Every night from like December 1st through, um, December the 26th. And, uh, and if you're not from here, I've seen some Google reviews and stuff that are like, that's what people wait in line for all that time. That sucks. But it's like a thing. It's like a thing that you do here, right? It's not, it's some people's Christmas tradition. And when I moved up to South Carolina, I started going when I was real little and then I didn't go for years And then probably the last, I don't know, man, probably 12, 13 years, like I've just gone every year is what I do. And so I went right around Thanksgiving and then I went um, like December the 26th. I was kind of in a funk, man. I was feeling some kind of way. I was feeling some kind of way. And and so I just was like, man, some people probably have their lights on still. I'm going to drive up there. And I drove up there and, and 
people still, they, they do it through December the 26th. And it's a little bit scaled back this year because they don't want a bunch of people walking around. But it just makes you feel good. When you drive through there, it just makes you feel good. And I'll do it. I did it twice by myself this year, right? But just because it takes me back to that place, man. And I get to connect with, I get to connect with little Glenn, right? Then <laughs> you're a stupid idiot. Um, so I got, I did that this year and it was like their 65th year is their 65th year of, of lights in McCannville. So, um, so that's like, that, that's cool, man. That's cool. I don't know why I told you that you're my friend. So I just tell you that, but, uh, Something that I got into, something else that I got into, uh, this, (laughs) this podcast is just, it's like turned into me complaining and telling you about the TV that I've been watching. Like it should be called Glenn watches stuff and then complains. (laughs) But, uh, let me tell you about something that I've been watching. I got into it and it's called 60 days in. There's a show called 60 days in, right? And so far, I've watched season five on Netflix, as as on Netflix. And then I found season one on Tubi. And then I found seasons two and three um, on Amazon Prime. And right now, I've watched season five. And then I went back and watched season one. And I'm on season two now, right? And, like, normally jail shows aren't my thing like jail shows because 60 days in what it is is it's all these people that volunteer to go to jail to like a county jail and then they sit in there for 60 days and then basically what they are is like the corrections officers, like the COs don't know that they're undercover. Like there's just a film crew there and they're filming everybody and everything acting like they're doing some kind of documentary or something. Right. But really what they're doing is they're following these six or seven people. I think it's seven. They're following them throughout the jail and like, cause they move from like booking, they get booked in, and then they go through classification and then they go to a cell block. I don't think it always shows like I don't think it always shows them go through classification. Sometimes it just like makes the jump to the to the cell block or they call it pod uh, in some of these seasons. And like the the COs aren't in on it because it would like leak around and that's kind of dangerous. Right. So it's like the sheriff and a couple of his buddies. Right. A couple of like the higher ups uh, in the like sheriff's department. And like the first two seasons so far is the same jail. And like season five was like this jail. I think it was out in like Arizona or something like that. And it was like really crazy because that's where I started. And it was like this really racially tense uh, jail, like where it's really like the, like the Hispanic people stick with the Hispanic people, the black people stick with the black people, the white people stick with the white people. It was real weird and real clicky in there, right? For a county jail. I was like, I could see that in prison, but county, that's just crazy, man. And, uh, but seasons one and two aren't as like that as much. 
I guess it's different parts of the country. But essentially what these people are doing is they're going undercover and they're being snitches, man. They're they're being snitches because they're coming back to the they're coming back to the sheriff with like information. Like they'll be like, you know, this is some of them pay attention. Like they'll say, you know, there's weapons in the cell block, like shanks, there's cell phones, there's drugs, uh, the off the corrections officers, like the guards, uh, they're being slack. They're not doing their job. Um, you know, looking for any and everything, like the living conditions, uh, any and like observational stuff. Right. But essentially you're snitched. Right. And then not only are you a snitch, you're going on national TV as a snitch and you're volunteering to do that. Right. Like a lot of times snitches in jail will be like, uh, you know, they'll get in some kind of trouble and they'll be like, they'll turn informant. You know how that works. You've heard like stories about that. That's how that works. Like, I'll give you information if you do something for me. But these people are just like, and they're not even criminals. I think in the newer season, in the newer season, it's like, uh, there's a, there's this dude, this, this Latino dude that had been in prison before. So he walked, he, I mean, he had done like, I think he did like 14 years. So he walked in like, and he knew what was up. He knew how to, he knew how to carry himself. He knew how to play the game. Right. But these people like my favorite, I've laughed so much at the show because you have these people walking in blind right? They just give you a crash course. Like this is how you need to act in jail. But you need to remember that these are police telling you how you need to act in jail, right? Which aren't, I mean, I don't care how much you have observed people in jail and in prison as a police officer or as a sheriff's deputy or sheriff. No, if you've worked in corrections for years, and you've observed like inmate after inmate, like you don't really, you can't really be the best teacher at telling people how to conduct themselves. You could give them a little crash course, but the you, the criminals, right? The inmates are the people, are, are the people that can give you the best, you know, it's just something that you learn. And I think that a lot of people, like a lot of inmates walk in. I mean, everybody that goes to jail has a first time that they went to jail. But if you're committing crimes, chances are you you are around these kind of people on the street, right? If you commit a crime. So you kind of know how to, to interact and how to just kind of how the game works when you get there, right? And what's crazy about this show it's like there's been a couple conservative women and these these gals are my favorite because they're just like <laughs> they're just like I just think that the prison system is too nice and we treat them too good and I just don't think and they go in there like that thinking that it's going to be like you know some gravy cushy environment and then they get in there and they find out what's up <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, this is nothing like I thought it would be. And they come out the other side like really, you know, and I, everybody doesn't make it on the show. Some people tap out, 
you know, because you're not an inmate. Some people just can't do it. Like they start getting hazed and they just don't know how to, they just start getting taken advantage of. And I mean, they don't stick up for themselves. And it's just like, man, like usually this isn't my cup of tea to watch something like this. Like, I think because a lot of times jail shows, what you have is like, you'll be in like, like a death row in America, you know, like a show like that, like a maximum security prison show. And it will be like all criminals. And it's like, yeah, dude, I know you killed, I kill somebody and I feel nothing. I just kill them. And you got somebody with tattoos all over their face, you know, that's cuffed to the table, you know, doing an interview. Like, man, okay, yeah. But what's entertaining, what's really entertaining, that's just kind of depressing. But what's entertaining about this show is these are like people that are like, this is like watching a fish flop around outside of water like taken totally out of the their comfort zone right and then like i've seen three police officers there's one season five there was one in season one muhammad ali's daughter was on season one she did all right um let's see there was a police officer in five one and there's one in three and it's just interesting to watch because usually police officers are used to being in control but it's really interesting to watch how they deal with having that authority kind of flipped around you know on them and i'm not going to tell you what happened like season two right so far in season two season five that policeman carried theirself all right season one that lady was kind of a train wreck that was a police officer. Season two, I'm watching this guy, and I like him. He's cool. He's laid back. He's like a retired police officer. He's carrying himself all right so far. But the other people that are like, they they just walk in totally clueless as to how politics work in jail because it's like it's a whole lot different than the lives that these people you know like they'll be talking have you ever been to jail they'll be like i had a speeding ticket before and that's the that's the the like that's the i don't know the word that i'm man i wish that my brain worked better that's the extent (laughs) see i wish that i had those words like but I just don't. I got to look around for them, you know, for in my brain. I got to walk. I'm walking around all the corners of my brain. What's the word? Is it over here in this musty cobwebbed corner? No, it's not over here. Oh, it's over here. I found the word extent propped up behind, <laughs> behind that memory of that smell of slime. But anyway. Um, wasn't Bonkers Candy good? You remember that, Glenn? That was what was right next to the extent word in my brain. But anyway, um, yeah, that's the extent to, like, their run-ins with the law. And so when you take these people, and these aren't, like, these aren't, like, county jails that are, like, kind of chill. You know, these are ones that have problems, right? And it's, like, legit. It's like they're in jail. Like there's people that have gotten beaten up on this show. And it's just like, it's such a great watch. And you know how, uh, you know how, (laughs) it's such a great watch to laugh at other people's misfortune. But I just can't, like, I can't grasp, mentally grasp the thought of voluntarily going to jail. Like that just doesn't. 
That's just crazy. And then to be like, yeah, I'll go in there and be a snitch. Like there was one Marine that he wanted to like go into to he wanted to become like a DEA agent. Right. And he went in there and he handled himself awesome. And I understand that if it's something that you want to put on a resume, if you want to go into some kind of law enforcement or something like that. But these are like there's like moms that are like stay at home moms. And there's like people that are like just normal people that are doing this. Like, I just want to I just want to be able to connect with my brother that went to jail. Why? Why you want to be able to connect with your brother that went to jail? But then you go in there and you're like, not only am I volunteering for jail, I'm volunteer like I'm volunteering to be a snitch, right? And that's just wild, right? But it makes for a good TV show. So I'm saying, if you haven't watched Sixty Days in season one, two B, season two and three, Amazon Prime, season five is on Netflix. I don't know about season four. I don't, know, I don't think that's on Netflix. I got to find that one. That's the one that I'm missing. But I'm only on season two now. But anyway, so I was thinking about, you know how I read, like on another podcast, I read like, uh, I read bad reviews. Like I read uh, just reviews where people are like, uh, just talking about, talking bad about restaurants or whatever. You know, the review people. I was like, well, I was watching the show. I was thinking, you know, I wonder if, there's any reviews because people just review everything now, you know, and they check in every checking in. I'm checking in in case you were wondering where I was. Everybody see like the social media, social media and the internet has given, uh, has given everybody like this complex to where they're like, I'm a celebrity, like a celebrity complex. Like I've give a crap where you are eating or checking in at, you know, but everybody's checking in. Everybody is leaving reviews. So I was like, well, I wonder if people leave reviews for jail, right? So I went to like a local jail near me and I got a couple of reviews. Like people have written reviews of the jail, right? <laughs> and I was like, you know, if you have like a one-star jail, that's probably what you want, you know? As a, as a sheriff, you probably want your jail to get bad reviews, you know? But... But I don't know, maybe you want awesome reviews for your jail, but it is jail. And like, uh, and so I was like, well, I found a few reviews for a local jail near me. And then I was like, uh, I'm just going to find some other funny jail reviews. And I did, but this is, a <clears throat> this is one, um, by a lady named Amber. <clears throat> That's all I'll say. And, uh, and this was a local jail around here. And Amber said, um, this place needs to be shut down. You are nothing but a number to the employees. Yeah, you're an inmate. My husband went to court and was released by Judge and Solicitor, and the jail is refusing to release him, saying they don't have the proper paperwork. The Public Defender's Office and Solicitor's Office says they sent it 12 hours prior. They just want to the daily money they get for housing the inmates so they want to keep them in there as long as possible. Someone please investigate their operating procedures. And she put like T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E investigate 
they are operating procedures. Ha <laughs> ha I'm smart. These people are human beings with rights too. Not everyone there is a murderer. And then someone gave that two thumbs up. Like, I guess that was a helpful, that was a helpful review to somebody. Okay, the next one is by a guy named Michael. And this one got 16 thumbs up. And this is what he had to say about the jail. Worst hotel in South Carolina. The bellhop took my clothes, so I was forced to wear some orange outfit. The concierge was unresponsive. How do you say that? Concierge? Concierge? Concierge. That's a word I don't use very much, so I forget how to say it. The concierge was unresponsive to every request that was made. The door kept locking behind me, and they refused to fix my door key after multiple requests and do not get me started on the food that was offered in the lobby. So that's pretty good. That's by a guy named Michael. Um, Tammy. Tammy. That's a good name. That's a good South Carolina name. Good South Carolina name. That's Tammy. Uh, worst food I ever tried to eat. Treatment by most of the guards like you lower than dirt. Don't get to make calls like you supposed to get. Don't get wrecked like you supposed to get. If I could give a minus, I would. Uh, David. The jail is more like a prison and mistreatment is a daily occurrence, right? So those are a few of the local ones. And I was like, you know, I would like to find some good ones. So I just looked up funny. Man, Google's a beautiful thing. I just looked up funny uh, jail reviews. And these are just a few from, I guess, uh, jails all over the country. Um, So here's one by a guy named Charles. Drop the soap. He gave it two stars. Uh, let's see. All the ones that I just read to you, those are all one-star reviews. Um, but So Charles gives two stars, right? And it says, Drop the soap. Wasn't advised at all. Would have given more stars, but turns out rooms are shared and bathrooms common. Most of the other guests were not upstanding citizens. <laughs> That's a good one, man. That's a good one, Charles. All right, here's another one by Bale. Um, This is a one-star review. Visited to see what all the talk was about. No vegan options, and 99% of the employees had very poor attitudes. Will not be returning. And uh, so that's one. Uh, The next one is a one-star review by a guy named Richard. The view from the rooms was terrible for a high-rise. Will not be visiting again. Hopefully. So that was Richard, one-star review. Um, Let's see. And this is just a review I found. Uh, It said, felt like I was overstaying my welcome, but they wouldn't let me go home. Um, Let's see. Da-da-da-da. What is this? I don't even think that I've read this one. This is a one-star review. Let's see. Okay, that one looks like it's not even funny. I don't even want to read something if it's not funny. It's just long, like, seriously. Like, I'll read it just, like, for the the 
point of what I want to say. This was a one-star review. The beds are paper thin on a metal bunk, so they're really uncomfortable. They don't keep it warm in the winter, and they give deodorant that doesn't work very well at all. They take weeks to respond to internal requests from inmates. Sometimes the only person that can give answers to certain requests is only in for one day a week. The pay for prison jobs is pretty pitiful, far less than a dollar an hour. The gangs are pretty rampant. It seems as if they are the management. It seems as if the management doesn't do anything to split them up. There seems to be very little done to re- rehabilitate people back into society. Uh, and it just goes on and on. It's like, dude, why are you even like you? Why are you taking time to write this? Like, I, it's just like this is the new. And it goes on like I read like half of that. This is like the new uh, generation of prisoner or inmate that gets out. Like most people would get out back in the day and they'd probably be like, oh, I'm going to go get with my boys. And, you know, or, or, you know, they wanted to do something else. It's like these people are just mad. Like, I got my phone back. Let me leave a review. But, uh, yeah, so that's crazy. All right. So here's another good one. Here's another good one. Um, this was, uh, and it says it's a check-in. So I guess when they got, I guess they checked in when they got their phone back. This is a five-star review. I got tired of showering alone. They accompanying they accompanied my needs during my stay here. Usually you have to pay over-the-top rates for this in Las Vegas. The view wasn't the greatest, but the company was fun. The bar was served from a toilet that I at first thought was awkward. But it got the job done after a week sober. The accommodation for the ride here was amazing. They picked me up from. <laughs> they picked me. I'm sorry. They picked me up from my bedroom and gave me a ride here. Safety first. Hands were restrained. <laughs> Only complaint was my company there seemed to be too many sketchy people. Probably not a bad idea to background check your guests. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was a five-star review. All right. And, uh, okay, here's a one-star review. Was in here, was in her for a couple of days. Worst time ever. Thankfully, my wonderful girlfriend got me out. Would not recommend. Um, this is a five-star review. If you're kind, if you're kind to them... Their kind in return. The atmosphere sucks, but it's jail. You're not supposed to want to come back. So, uh, so that's one. Let's see. Five star review. That's bad. That's what they wrote. That's bad. Um, let's see. What's this one say? This is a five star review by Harry. Went there when my stepdad was a jailbird. Missed going there severely. The staff had a tender touch when patting me down and always left me wanting more. Hope to have more visits to my dad, who is serving in there now for illegally selling sex to dogs. That doesn't even make sense. Um, all right. This is a five-star review. Best place to serve time. Staff are amazing, and the sympathy from side chicks you know on the streets is great. And a solid way to get money on your books. 
Just make sure not to give your number to the ugly ones because they'll want to keep talking to you and have you take care of your kids when you get out. <laughs> oh, man. Great food. Room service was excellent. Free laundry service. Especially enjoyed the cavity searches. <laughs> That's a five-star review. Uh, Four-star review. Was much easier making friends here than in junior high school. Free turndown service. Spa a bit pricey. Great food. Really enjoyed my stay here. Oh, so that's just a few. Like, that's just a few. It's, that's my new thing, man. When I'm feeling, like, kind of bummed out, I'm going to read jail reviews, man. You can't beat it. You can't beat a good old-fashioned jail review. But I hope that... Uh, Thank you guys for listening to my podcast today. You should, like... If you don't subscribe to my podcast, like you should... Uh, like I said in the beginning, in the introduction to the podcast, um, leave me a review, do your thing. But uh, it's been a tough year, man, and I'm thinking that this might be my final podcast for 2020. And what a what a ride it's been, man. And uh, I started this podcast in 2018, and so I did it uh, in about two half of 2018, 2019, and now 2020, and we're going into 2021. And I mean, here's to a new year, man. I hope that, I mean, 2021 on the horizon, it looks like good stuff's on the horizon for me. There's some stuff that I'm excited about in the new year. And, uh, and, and, you know, I, we, it kind of feels like survival mode. It kind of feels like 2020 has been kind of like, uh, man, I'm just kind of surviving. I'm kind of getting by. And I know that a lot of people, I know that a lot of people, uh, have felt that way. It's not just me, man, but I don't need to, I don't, one of my goals in 2021 is to live, is to actually live, man, and make some moves and not just survive, man, but to actually live and enjoy life. Cause we all just go through this one time, man. This is a one take. This is one take, you know? It's not like Tom Cruise where we get take after take after take like we make in a movie. It's like a one-take movie is what this is like, you know? So all our ugly freakouts and everything are in the final cut, you know? That's just the way that it is. And, like, for me, looking back, looking back over 2020, man, it's like, a, it's like uh, I got hit with some unexpected stuff, you know, like we all did. I'm not unique. And so we adapted, you know, and I think that I think that when you get hit with unexpected stuff that's like unplanned, it's easy to revert into like a like a survival mode, like a survival mentality, you know, and I'll forget to live, you know, sometimes. And uh and so twenty twenty one, that's something that I'm gonna work on and make a conscious effort to uh to do but i expect like man if you're new thanks for listening to glenn think stuff uh merry christmas happy new year um if you've been with me for a while man it's been a crazy ride right but uh but i wish each and every one of you a happy and uh just a good new year man just like i i, I wish you all the best thanks for listening i will be back and uh, talk to you guys next year. So with that, I guess all I got to say is goodbye and good riddance, 2020. 
All right, guys. Peace out.